0: And we're back. Hello, everyone. Good to be... Whoa. My mic's running away from me. Good to be back. Oh, my God. Okay. I think I got it. Okay, got it. How's everybody doing? I hope life is treating you well. Um, Hopefully not too many life-altering events have happened since the last time. I... I'm in your ears, or in the internet. Uh, So, another ramble, hey? I love this shit. Fun to just kind of vomit words and not care what you're talking about, you know? So I've had a couple things on my mind recently, as usual. My brain likes to just run a course that i don't even know what's going on isn't that interesting you can just kind of follow a thread of thought into your mind and you have no idea where it's going to take you and sometimes it like you end up thinking about something you're like why the fuck why did that come up yeah it's interesting it's like a little uh scavenger hunt or an adventure you don't even need anything you just need your Imagination. It's from Spongebob. Okay. Well then. What do I want to talk about first? Let's go with... mm, The role of ego. I've been thinking about this a bit. Uh, How... How we kind of demonize ego but we also celebrate ego depending on where you are i guess you western culture is very individualized individual dominant and so ego is kind of celebrated these big personalities like if i think of the kind of quintessential american they're loud and they're brash um, and they're confident and that's a weird thing where you have this overlap of there conscien- sorry confidence and ego. Like how do you untangle the two? Like what even is ego? Is ego being sure of who you are? Is it more than that? Is it overconfidence? Does it necessarily come with arrogance? I don't know. Um it seems like ego is wrapped up in confidence at least for me. Whenever I'm feeling overconfident, though, like, I'm the best, I'm so interesting, I'm so great, Uh, life has a way of uh, kind of putting you in your place. Like, for example, this past weekend, I was skateboarding, and I was ripping down this hill. And I was feeling great. I was like, wow, I'm so good at skateboarding. This is amazing. Got the wind in my hair. And uh, I start to pick up a lot of speed. And I start to try to stop. And the road is a bit slip. Slicky? Slick? Slicky? (laughs) The road is a bit slick. And I fall and eat shit and slam my hip into the ground. And luckily I was fine. It was just my pride that was hurt and maybe a little bruise on my pelvis but uh that that was a pretty key key insight into you know life cutting you down when you're riding high um I don't know if that's just me reading into a situation you know confirmation bias and then it's so freaking weird man we're just constantly like making narratives that fit our you know, how we relate to the world, our rationality. And then when we are forced to contend with new information, we have to somehow like envelop that into our original schema. And we're just constantly like in the state of cognitive dissonance where you're like, I think this is right. So I'm just going to like ignore everything else. And then hopefully this is how it's supposed to go. Because you, like, inevitably shut some things out when you decide you're going to be a certain way, right? Like, you cut yourself off from possibilities when you define yourself as something. I'm extroverted, therefore I cannot be introverted, that kind of thing. Like, obviously, no, that's not true. You are existing on some plane or some spectrum of introversion and extroversion. And you fit somewhere along there depending on the circumstances, the chemical milieu of your brain, of your body. Hmm. What about like manifesting positivity? How is that related? Like, have you guys heard that? If you dream it, if you really, really believe in it, if you say it every day in front of the mirror, if you write it down, it'll come true. You'll manifest it into reality. That sounds like. Well, I was gonna say that sounds like horseshit, but it's obviously not. Most successful people seem to have some kind of goal setting routine or a journal or, you know, something like that something where it's tangible, where it's written down, it's out there because it kind of holds you accountable. Once you've written it down, you're like, oh shit. Look, I said I would go to the gym three times a week for an hour, and that was written three months ago, and I've been twice. So it kind of keeps you on track. So that makes sense. But obviously, you need to do act like you need to actually perform behavior that you write down. You can't just write something down, which I feel like I fall into the trap of doing. I'm like, oh, look, I I journaled for like 20 minutes today you know like um i've i've got my plan it's like no you actually have to do things so that the plan is executed which is like so obvious but it's it's weird you can almost like trick yourself into feeling like you're doing things just by like doing a cursory action and i'm not saying like that's bad like i think it's good that i journal because at least i'm doing something but if you don't back it up with real tangible action like what's the good of the journaling right yeah manifesting positivity i don't know like it like obviously your attitude does really dictate how you're feeling how you how actions are perceived but i don't know how much control over that you have you can't exactly go up to a depressed person and be like come on man, the sun's shining, go outside, stop being depressed, like it doesn't really work like that, you have to like coax the depression out of them, or something, I don't really know, I don't have that much experience with depressed people, but that was just an example that came to my mind, like, attitude is important, manifesting positivity is possible, but you have to sort of work at it, like you have to do tangible actions, in order you can't just say okay i'm going to be a positive person now you have to do things a positive person would do and then slowly you lie to yourself and convince yourself you fake it till you make it until you you have kind of copied what other people do to the extent that you've now enveloped it and made it part of yourself it's so strange We are mimetic creatures. Mimesis. I learned that word recently, actually. It means we just copy. Monkey see, monkey do. Which is like the most fundamental, basic form of learning. And it happens in pretty much every animal, I think. Yeah, the importance of ego. Because like too much ego and you're chasing superficial bullshit right you're uh you have this surface level understanding of who you are or maybe you're too rigid in who you are is that that seems to be it it's like you need this balance between knowing who you are because you've created it sort of you've kind of curated it and then also being open to change all of those things that made you who you were like, what consists of your identity? Like, whenever identity is like relies on one specific, you know, core foundation, I think maybe we are what's that called? Susceptible. It's, it'd be like, you know, if, uh, it's like why biodiversity, genetic diversity is important, right? Like, because if one, If every organism is the same genetic makeup, then we're all vulnerable to the same shit, and we can all be wiped out by the same... by just one virus or one thing that comes along and just fucks up the whole population. Where... And then, like, I'm making the relation to, like, how you structure your identity. Because if you have a bunch of things you structure your identity around, then you're less likely to... maybe hold on to or, um... (laughs) You're less likely to um, be defensive, I guess, in your identity. Like, you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket. kind of goes for everything. And I guess life is figuring out what eggs go in what basket. Like, how much of yourself do you want to invest in, I don't know, Your family, your culture, your intellectual ability, your personality traits, whatever. And then, so like too much ego is bad and then is not, what about if you don't have any ego? Because you need some kind of ego for like a self-serving, like in order to make, like in order to motivate yourself. Like, say I didn't have any ego whatsoever, how would I, like, as far as, you know, working and competing and stuff goes, I feel like then there's no, if there's no ego, there's no drive for competition, which, I don't know, say what you want about that, I think competition is pretty f- fundamental in terms of forming ourselves, uh, in my own life at least, I think most people who've done sport or anything that's competitive don't I guess dances sport uh um I don't know art theater whatever like you're always going to be competing with the people around you which is kind of the nature of how you grow up so if you had no ego you had no drive to compete because like if you had no ego then you would just be like pure consciousness Right? You'd just be you just be being. You'd be like one of those monks. Or you'd be like permanently on ten grams of mushrooms just in the universe. <laughs> and as far as real life goes, it's kinda of difficult to be productive when you're not attached to a self. Strange. It's like this uh necessary evil in a way. Cause identity is so Mm. it's weird, it's so alluring and then, cause then we have this tribalist tendency to like, oh look, your identity is similar to my identity, let's group up and fuck the other people who don't have our identity hmm interessante do you guys think we get back what we put out to the universe, so again, like, kinda like that mon- manifesting positivity, like karma thing I don't know. I don't necessarily see that holding true because there are plenty of terrible people who haven't had any come up and happen to them. Right? And there are plenty of great people that horrible things have happened to. So if you have this oh yeah, look. karma like you get out what you, you get back what you put in. Maybe that does hold true. Because if you're expecting to get back what you put in, you're going to be nicer to people and then... Or, you know, put in effort and then eventually that effort gets reciprocated in some way in your interpersonal relationships. Like, I could see it working with other people, but, like, in a vacuum with just you acting in ways, I don't know if the universe gives a shit. Maybe it does. I, I would love that. I would love there to be, like, some universal like tally you know some like utilitarian <laughs> uh thing where like all of your all of your deeds are being tracked and be like oh well he's in, he was an asshole that day and looks like his dog's gonna die <laughs> um i don't know something like that you know like it would be cool if we were all responsible for our actions like held accountable but I don't know if we are I think the randomness of life throws a wrench into that idea cause what does that say about yeah Does people who have bad things happen to them ultimately deserve it in some way like that seems ridiculous I guess it's kind of a religious thought I don't know (laughs) shit man I don't know should I just do the whole thing in an Australian accent? No, probably not. Get people mad at me. Mm. We were talking about, or I uh, read this guy named Fanon, Fanon, this philosopher who's uh, talks about like philosophy of race and what it means to be a black man as opposed to being a white man or a white person versus a black person, and he talks about like the. Differences between how you use language at home versus how you lose, use language with, like, you know, the European people or the like public, and it made me think of how I shifted my identity. Like my my accent is so weird because I've had change, I've changed it both consciously and unconsciously. Like I first changed it when I was in second grade and the teacher couldn't understand me. So I decided to, okay, I guess I'll just be an American, be American at school. And I just started to copy the other kids. Mimesis. Hello. Monkey see, monkey do. Cause you don't want to be the other. You don't want to be the weird kid, the new kid with the weird accent. So I changed it. And then at home I would stay English And then over time I would bring back friends from school and then they'd be like, what the fuck, you're English? No, you're not. And then they'd think I was pulling some elaborate ruse. When all the while it was just this weird thing I adopted. And then what's even weirder is because I did that, my siblings did that, and now they... And so what happened was when I graduated and went on my year off, I was like, okay, I'm going to make like this tangible choice here because I've split up my personality into two things. Um, I'm It's not like I've split it up. It's not like American Sam is different than English Sam, which he was. No, they were different, but they were the same person. I just had tuned up and tuned down certain traits and characteristics in the American Sam to fit my American colleagues, American peers. And then at home, you know, is where I felt comfortable. Like, this... the English accent felt like my real voice, quote-unquote, you know? Because it was. Like, that was my go-to. But that meant I had kind of split my my identity into these weird camps. Um, and then one of my, yeah, I took my year off and realized, okay, I, like, just have to pick one. And English accent is my, you know, the go-to. But now I've lived in America and Canada and... I, I did the, I did that splitting of my mind, and now, and now I have some weird hybrid accent that I, like, And I was talking to friends the other day, and they're like, yeah, like, your accent changes depending on who you're talking to, and I, yeah, I know, I, I know that, and I've talked to people who are American, and then if I hang out with them for long enough, they'll start to slip and do an English accent, which I find hilarious, you know, they'll say, car. Oh, look, the car. I mean, car. <laughs> um, it just shows you how malleable we are and how uh, suggestible we are. But, yeah, my accent gets tuned up more to be more American if I'm with Americans, more English if I'm more... And, and the word choice I use, too, because there's obviously lots of differences between English word choice and American word choice. And my colloquialisms. Dude, bro, whatever. You know, those kinds of things. But then it also is super weird because I feel like I'm an outsider when I talk to actual English people because they're like... Like, you talk to an American, they think you're English. You talk to an English person, they think you're American. So it's like I exist in this strange gray space (laughs) between the two, which is not bad. It's nothing close to, you know, how Fanon described, like, race relations. But uh, it's just weird for my own personal conception of myself um yeah so i yeah it's almost like a little imposter syndrome like you don't know like i don't you know i don't know all of the slang words of english culture like i have no idea like i listen to grime music that's pretty much my and like maybe some watch some tv shows you know maybe that that's really my only forays into my connections with English culture other than my family and that's just that's not my age group that's not my demographic you know like I know yeah so I have all these like things and old English TV shows and stuff that I watched and that formed my you know a lot of the narratives I I liked as a kid Agatha Christie novels dad's army, probably no one has no, any idea what I'm talking about, but, um, but yeah, I feel this weird, like, not a challenge, but, uh, oh, how is this person going to react to me? Like, I, I'm waiting for them to say something about my voice, you know? Most conversations I go into, actually, I find myself waiting For the other person, I think that's just by virtue of having an an accent, and I I don't think that's bad in any respect. I think that's just people being interested. But, I mean, it's still a part of your day-to-day. Like, I'm not going to get angry because you want to know where I'm from. But it does wear on someone after a long time, definitely. Yeah, maybe in some social situations, I don't want to talk as much. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that's dumb. Maybe it's something I, I'll outgrow. I mean, I have outgrown it. I think I'm much less self-conscious of that kind of thing now. Mostly because also I feel like there's this weird superiority between Americans and English people, where they're like, "Oh, you sound smart. You don't say your 's.' You say you don't say your ours. You say your 's.'" And there's like this weird, like obviously we we were the first. We were the original Americans. So maybe there's, like, that kind of thing playing in. But, yeah, you can, like, hypnotize people with your voice. I think it goes to most people with an accent. Americans specifically seem pretty captivated by it. Europeans, not so much. Like, Australians, not so much. English people, not so much. I think it's because maybe Americans are a bit more insulated. Even Canadians, not so much. But Americans are more insulated, maybe. Haven't had contact with people who speak differently and so when they hear it they're like "Ah, do you have an accent oh my goodness do you have an accent that's a funny question because everyone does like everyone has an accent you have an accent if you speak English or if you speak a language you speak with an accent so like they mean do you have an English accent do you have a foreign accent that's what they want to know which again I'm not trying to like shit on anybody I just think it's funny it also makes me want to like, how is my accent going to change like maybe I'll move somewhere maybe I'll move back to England maybe I'll go to Australia and then I'll be really weird I'll be like (laughs) total mismatch England US Canada Australia that'll be strange and I always remember hearing like odd accents as a kid, like weird hybrids and be like, where the fuck is that person from? And now I realize I'm going to be one of those people, which is <laughs> hilarious. Um, okay, well, I am basically done with this ramble. I just uh, wanted to be in here. wanted to say hello. Um, I will leave you. What should I leave you with? A challenge? I challenge you to have a conversation with a random human being, which is hard to do these days, man. I think people miss out, I miss out, I know, when I'm stuck in my headphones. Uh, You miss out on the nuances of social, the tapestry we call life man. So yeah, strike up a random conversation with somebody. Use these opening lines. Hey, I like your shoes. Where'd you get them? Hey, are you in my blah, blah, blah class? Even if you're not, boom, interaction. Um, what else could you say? Those, ho- those opening lines are actually really hard to do or ho- hard to think of. But then once you have the in, you're just talking to them and they're another person with another life. And you know how to talk to people. You're good at it. We do it all the time. So go forth. Socialize. Be merry. I'll see you on the flip side.